0: Section 1 of Little Journeys to the Homes of American Statesmen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Little Journey to the Homes of American Statesmen by Albert Hubbard. A little more patience, a little more charity for all, a little more devotion, a little more love. With less bowing down to the past and a silent ignoring of pretense authority, a brave looking forward to the future with more faith in our fellows and the race that will rip from a great burst of light and life. Albert Herbert. Does not build for the idea of ever becoming a piece in history, simply a boy's cabin in the woods. Five rich pine and butch were the bunch that built it. Fiber short for fiber and we gave him that name because his real name was wood rich got his name from being a mudsock i got his because he was a regular pie face and they called me butch for no reason at all except that perhaps my great-great-grandfather was a butcher we were a fine little gang of youngsters all around thirteen years wise and boys deviltry. what we didn't know about killing cats breaking window panes in barns stealing coal from freight and cars and borrowing eggs from the neighbouring home coop without consent of the hams wasn't worth knowing there used to be another boy in the gang skimmy one day we went to the swimming hole after school this other little fellow didn't come back with us you see, there was the little kid's swimming hole and the big kid's swimming hole. The latter was over our heads. Well, Skimmy swung out on the rope hanging from the cottonwood tree on the bank of the big kid's hole. Somehow, he lost his head and fell in. None of us could swim, and he was too far out to reach. There was nothing to help him with, so we just had to watch him struggle till he had gone down three times and there where we last saw him a lot of bubbles came up the angry before the justice of peace with our fathers which followed put fright in our bones and the sight of the old creek was a nightmare for months to come after that we decided to keep to the hills and woods this necessitated a hunt but we had no lumber with which to build it however There were three houses going up in town, and surely they could spare a few boards. So after dark, we got out to Juliet in the spring wagon and made several visits to the new houses. The result was that in about a week, we had enough lumber to frame the cabin. Our site was about three miles from town, high up in the Adams farm. After many evening trips with the old mare and much figuring, we had the thing done. All but the window, door, and shingles on the roof. Well i knew where there was an old door and two windows shafts, taken off our chicken house to let in the air during summer in one rainy night three bunches of shingles found their way from Pinkin's lumberyard to the foot of the hill on the adams farm in another five days the place was finished it was ten by sixteen and had four bunks two windows a paneled front door a back entrance and a porch altogether a rather pretentious camp for a gang of young ruffians. But it was a labor of love, and we certainly had worked mighty hard. Our love was given particularly to the three house builders and to the Perkins down in town. Of course, we had to make a stove. This we got from Bowen's hardware store for $2.40. He wanted $4, and we argued for some time. The stove was a second hand one, and good only for scrap iron anyway. Scrappers were 50 cents a hundred. And this stove weighed only 250, so we convinced the men our offer was big. At that, we made him throw in a frying pan. For dishes and cutlery, I believe each of our mother's pantries contributed. Then a stock of grub was confiscated. The storeroom and the last refurnished hanks, beans, chutney, and a few others of the 57. John had run an ad in the Philistine for Heinz and taken good stuff in exchange. For four years after that, this old camp was kept stock with eats all the time. We would hike out Friday after school and stay till Sunday night. At Christmas time, we would spend a week's vacations there. Many times had I tried to get my father to go out and stay overnight, but we wouldn't go. One time, though, I did not come home when I had promised, so father rolled out on the gain to find me. Instead of my coming back with him, he just unsettled and turned, got loose in the woods and stayed overnight we gave him the big bunk with two red clothes and he stuck it out next morning we had fried apples ham and coffee for breakfast what there was about it i did not understand but john was a very frequent visitor after that you know we call father john because he said that wasn't his name he used to come up in the evenings and would bring red one or sammy the artist or saint jerome the sculptor once he brought michael jonahan and john slays the universalist preacher mike didn't like it The field mice running on the rafts overhead at night chilled his blood. He called them terrible beasts. From then on, we youngsters were gradually deprived of our freedom at camp. These visitors were too numerous for us, and we had to seek other fields of adventure. John got to going out to the camp to get away from the visitors at the shop. He found a place quiet and comforting. The woods gave him freedom to think and write. It so developed that he would spend about four days a month there, writing the little journal for the next month. How many of his masterpieces were written at the camp, I cannot say. But for several years, it was his retreat, and he used it constantly. He reminded this boy several times when we kicked, that he had a good claim on it. For then he furnished the door and the window frames. I never suspected he recognized them. End of section one.